Hello everyone, welcome back to the coolest, bestest, most funnest podcast ever. Welcome back to Roar. My name is Sam Spellman. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show, on the conversation. We're going to get into some fun stuff today, and that fun stuff would include reading the Word of God, talking about it, and letting it encourage our heart and just, you know, strengthen our faith, because with all the other influence that we're dealing with in the world, having a strong, solid foundation in, in faith and a solid relationship with God, which comes through understanding His Word, understanding His heart, uh, which again, He expresses through His Word to us in the Bible, and uh, being able to accurately read it and understand it is very, very important. And that's kind of what I intend to do with these podcasts, just share some of what God has revealed to me in the Word through conversation with him, through teaching, through all sorts of avenues. So today we're going to be talking out of a very, um, I would say, well-known chapter. But again, well-known is just subject to who your audience is. And I think it's important we understand who the audience is whenever we're reading scripture. Um, When you read the epistles, those are written directly to the church, and they were written to actually different, um, you would say, members or parts of the church in different uh, cities. Paul wrote a lot, and uh, so whenever you're reading those things, sorry, I had to grab my phone. When you're reading those things, understand, okay, this is speaking to me directly. You know, the Old Testament, when you're reading that, again, that is not that it is not, not that it is not, not that it does not apply to us and to our relationship with the Lord, but a lot of that is directly communication to Jewish people, to the Jews, and it's a different covenant which has a little bit of different language. There's a lot of similarities and it's important to understand the Old Testament, but as a new born-again believer, understanding the New Testament is very important as well. So Colossians 3 is what I want to get into. That's the chapter that I want to look at, and I want to read into some things. And I I wanted to kind of start halfway through, but it looks like as I'm skimming over here, I'm probably going to start at the very beginning. Um, again, whenever you read, I do like to encourage, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, I always encourage reading with the intent of context, you know, catching the full, um, like message of what's being said when you're reading the the Bible and, and when you read like Colossians and again, these epistles, they were letters. So they weren't broken up by chapter and verse. We've done that in a lot of translations, translators, they've done that. So it's easy to find and reference different things. But these were just a full-on letter. So when you read it, I encourage you, at least at some point, read them all the way through just in one go, like you would read a letter that someone would write to you, and see what stands out. And you can kind of catch the full flavor of what's being written and where everything kind of fits in context. Because sometimes, and again, it depends on how strong our devotion life is, but if our devotion life has not been that strong, we can hear things that are taught maybe in very specific instances or specific contexts or for a very specific um, message that's trying to be explained or, or something that's trying to be, you know, taught. And we can sometimes miss the nuance that comes when we read the whole thing. So I encourage you to do that. If you have not or have not made a habit of it, it is very helpful to understanding the word. So chapter three, though, it talks about my uh, Bible has a little heading here. It says, put on the new self. That's kind of what I want to talk about today, just how do we put on the new self and what is the new self versus the old self versus the, you know, what what is that even, what's, what's that verbiage, what does that even mean? Well, 
It says this in verse 1, If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. He is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So that right there has a lot loaded in it. But he's talking about you being dead to yourself. Well, whenever you're born again, there's actually a death that happens. You know, Jesus embraced death by faith, and we embrace his life by faith. Does that make sense? When he was on the cross, he did not deserve death. See, death is a punishment for sin. Death is the cost of sin. And so Jesus, who never sinned, he he did not need that cost. That cost was not needed to be did not need to be paid. Does that make sense? That's why he was able to endure, I believe, so much on, you know, with the beating and the just all that physically came upon him. He was able to endure it because, you know, something that would normally set a person off, he he didn't deserve to be killed or for death to come upon him. So because of that, there was so much that he could take. He could actually bear the sins of the world. But see, whenever he was on the cross, he says, it is finished. And it says, with that, he breathed his last, right? It says, when he breathed his last, then he gave up his spirit, right? There was a, he gave it up. It wasn't like it was taken from him or he just lost it. But whenever he died, he actually made a, a decision and a choice to die, to breathe his last, to give up his spirit. And that that was a decision. And, and just like we have a decision to to confess with our mouth and to receive a new birth, to be baptized, right? All of these things, they're a decision. It's a choice. He chose death so that we could choose life by faith. He, by faith, did something that did not, he didn't deserve. He didn't deserve death so that we, because we don't deserve life, could then by faith achieve and receive his life. So here, in the beginning of Colossians 3, he's talking about this. If you've died, your life is hidden. In other words, if you've died to yourself, if you have given up your personal will, and you've chosen to follow Jesus, right? You've chosen to respond to his proposal, and you've received the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, 4, if you have died and your life is hidden with Christ, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put therefore, verse 5, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. And on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. So he says, put to death these things. So again, all these things he lists, verse 5, earthly in you. So sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, you know, that impurity that's just a perverted, impure, immoral way of living. Passions is, you know, just self-passion, you know, what you want to do all the time. Put those things away. Put them to death. In other words, choose to not yield to those things. Make the decision to put on life. Um, it's, it is a choice in a lot of ways. You know, God is, he's not, um, I gotta be, I want to try to say this very carefully. God's not just like gonna come in, kick you down, and force you to obey him. You know, it's um, it's it's a much more intimate and it's much more relational kind of working together. When we work with Christ and the Holy Spirit, we put to death these things. It's more like a relationship in a marriage. Okay, 
Paul also uses the verbiage of the mystery of Christ in Ephesians, and he calls it this mystery, and he relates the mystery and uses the life of a, of a or the, excuse me, the example of marriage being kind of this mystery. Well, whenever you're, if you're in a relationship, let me preface what I'm going to say with this. If you're in a relationship, to force your, you know, your husband, your wife to do something, you know, if you just came in and you just shoved them down and said, do this, right? That's not going to be a very healthy relationship. If every time you wanted to be together with them, you grabbed them and you shoved them, you said, okay, we're going to be together and we're going to hang out. And you know, he like slammed them on the couch and sat them down and like, sit there, we're going to talk, you know, and just all the time, that would be a very horrible, you know, you, no one would like that. Think of our relationship with the Lord that way. God's not just going to come in and just slam us down, say, you need to do it this way, and he's just going to just start slamming out stuff. No, it's a relationship. You both mutually agree to spend time together. You mutually agree to pursue, you know, conversation, um, to pursue, again, time spent, um, to pursue growing together, right? Those things, it's a mutual agreement. It's a mutual coming together. And it's the same way in our relationship with the Lord. He's available, he's there, but how much are we going to choose to pursue this relationship? Because he is ever wanting. You know, it's like if you're, again, if you're like, if you got a big old crush on someone or you're just like smitten and you're, you're just, you're wanting to spend all your time with them, but you're respecting who they are, you respect their free will, you respect the choices excuse me, you respect the choices they have, you know, and you're not going to just like, just hound them or harass them, right? Because you want them to have a mutual love for you the same way that you love them. Think of our relationship with the Lord in that light. So when you're reading put to death, you know, it's, it's us making the decision to spend more time with God. And by doing that, we just kill off and don't do the things that he doesn't like. Again, if you're dating someone, you find out real quick, okay, what do they like? What do they don't like? Well, it's very clear these are some things that God does not like. So if I'm going to spend time with him and ultimately be in covenant, like a marriage covenant, like really close, intimate relationship with God through the blood of the cross, with the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, right? If I'm going to have that close relationship, then there's probably some things that we're just not going to do because it's it, it, we wouldn't it, we wouldn't enjoy it together. Does that make sense? So when he's talking about put to death, it's these things, sexually immorality, impurity, just self-righteous passion, evil desires, jealousy and covetousness, right? You know, those things, that is idolatry. So those things which are just self-righteous, self-seeking, you know, not loving things, right? Because God is love. So these things are not rooted in love. They're rooted in selfishness. So if I'm going to spend time with love himself, I'm probably going to learn to to do loving things. It's that same kind of, we're putting to death those self-righteous, selfish things in our lives. Verse 7, in these you too once walked, in other words, before you were born again, you once walked in these things when you were living in them. But now, verse 8, you must put them all away. In other words, it's, it's just, if we're going to walk with God, this is, these are the things we're going to have to just we got to deal with them. And he wants to help us deal with them. God's not just going to leave us just to, you know, like, well, you, you got to deal with that first before I ever talk to you. Well, no, he, he sent his son to save us while we were yet his enemies. He has made the Holy Spirit available to us, who is the spirit of truth, who is our comforter, right? Our helper. The Holy Spirit is completely able, which who lives inside. If you've received Christ, 
You've received the Holy Spirit right into you, who dwells within you. The Bible says in Romans that this, our spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that we are sons of God. If you've been born again and you know it, and you know it in your spirit, then the Holy Spirit's there. He is completely able to help you discern the Word of God, understand Scripture, understand what God wants, and then grace you and help you to accomplish those things, right? He can facilitate that grace. Verse 8, <coughs> excuse me. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk, all of those things as well. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Again, think of it like habits. You know, when you come together and you you begin living with someone in a marriage, there's just some habits that just break off. There's some things that you might have used to done, you might have used to do. I don't know the proper English on that. There's things you probably did that weren't healthy, weren't exactly good for living together with another person. So then you had to put away those practices and change the way that you lived or the way that you ate or your habits of when you ate or, you know, there's a lot of little things that would have to change, but you did it because you wanted to live with this person. It's the same way. There's things that we have to put away if we want to live with that new Christ, that new self. Verse 10, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So it's being renewed. It's a constant thing. We are being renewed. It's not that we're like instantly just everything just, you know, is just done, but it's this process. And there's joy in that process. That process isn't, you know, a bad thing like, oh, you're a failure because you've, you've not figured it out yet. No, but as knowledge grows in the word, as we've allowed Jesus to reveal who he is through the scripture, through time spent praying, time spent reading the word, time spent hearing, you know, anointed teaching, those things, they actually create and cultivate a healthy knowledge and a healthy understanding, not just knowledge, but even revelation of who God is. See, he reveals himself because God chose to reveal himself through his word. That was the the carrier that he's he's chosen and all his wisdom is words. You know, he says life and death is in the power of the tongue. There's a lot that can be carried in words. Well, God chose to reveal himself through testimony, through us speaking out, right? He sent witnesses to bear witness of the truth. Jesus said, I have come to bear witness when he was standing before Pilate of, of the truth. And those that are of the truth will hear my voice. In other words, they will hear my words. So the words are, are very powerful. And God chose that avenue, that carrier for us to even receive revelation. And even through like podcasts and stuff like this, other podcasts you might listen to or, or teaching or preaching or, you know, even some songs, worship songs, those things that carry the anointing, they carry the spirit of God in some of those words, right? It says this, verse nine, do not lie again. One another, you've put off the old self after the image of its creator, verse 10, verse 11. Here, there is not a Greek and Jew, or a circumcised or uncircumcised, or a barbarian, or a Scythian, or slave, or free, but Christ is all in all. Put on then God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Put on what a compassionate heart, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. In other words, encouraging one another, putting your arm under another, taking care of one another. And if one has a complaint against each other, forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which and indeed, excuse me, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with all thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Right? So even in there, Paul continues, as I was talking about, he brings back, you know, everything is in love, meekness, patience, kindness, right? Those fruit of the Spirit. You live in those things. We make the shift in the choice to live those, you know, um, the, the, the shift in the choice becomes accessible when we hear that it's possible. You know, I've, I think there's sometimes the, the enemy, and I'll kind of wrap up the podcast with this, I believe the enemy is very notorious for lying. The enemy of our souls, right? You want to call it the devil, you want to call it all the different principalities, powers, and rulers in high places, all those things that are named and mentioned that the believer, you know, the people we have to, we have to deal with. And those things which we'd have to deal with, those accusers, right? The devil, which means prosecutor, right? You, you do the translation on it. The devil, it just simply broken down. It means someone who's an accuser, a prosecutor, right? So where we have this accusation coming against us, Jesus becomes our defense, but we have to have the knowledge that we can even walk, that we even have a lawyer, that we even have a defense, that we can even walk in a different light. You know, the Bible calls God light. First John, it says God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And he calls the, the sons and daughters of God sons of light, children of light, which is us who have received, again, the seed and we have been put the Bible also says we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness where we were enslaved and we have been put in the kingdom or the family of his dear son, which would be a kingdom of light. Where light is, it reveals darkness. You know, when you walk into a room, it's not, man, look at all this darkness. It's where's the light switch? In other words, there's an absence of light. So when light comes, it creates an ability to navigate. When light comes and knowledge and wisdom comes through the word, through reading the word, through the Holy Spirit, through the revealing of truth, through revelation, through anointed teaching, through anointed songs, right? However that that light is then shared through whatever way that the Lord would choose, right? And there's a lot of different ways and I don't have time to teach on them all, but all the different ways that God reveals himself through that light, there then comes a grace and an ability like right when that thing comes, right when you first realize there's a revelation, whoa, I shouldn't be doing this, or I shouldn't live my life like this, I shouldn't think like this. There's a light, there's a realization, this is wrong, and the conscience realizes this is wrong. At that point, push into grace and realize the fact that I'm seeing this means God wants me to change this. I'm going to say that again. The fact that you see this, the fact that I can see that something's wrong means that God is shining light and he wants me to change, and he's giving me grace and ability to actually make that shift and that change. God doesn't just reveal stuff so that we can just see it and feel miserable. He reveals things in our heart, again, through his word, through teaching, through anointing, right, so that we can see and change. That means there's grace. If we can see it, that means there's an ability to overcome it. That means the Holy Spirit who's inside of us is on ready angels of heaven, right? There's prayers. Things are ready to empower and to change and to give us the ability to change that area of our life. That's how we put on the new self. 
and just every day through little, maybe it might be a real little thing, but just daily putting on new, putting on new, casting off the old, putting on new. And eventually you look back over the period of a month, three months, a year, two years, three years, you realize, man, I'm light years ahead of where I was before. And that's the progress that God wants us because all of us have a destiny to look exactly like Christ. It's just those daily moments of putting on the new self that uh, that make that happen. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. That is about, I think, all she wrote all that is uh, that I felt really to share um, in my heart. And again, if there's anything you want to talk about, any questions, check the description of the podcast. I have information there that you can um, find and, and click on and, and link to to get in contact with me. Uh, social media links, website links, all that stuff. If you feel so inclined to leave a review on the podcast, I would appreciate it. Would appreciate it. Would appreciate it. Man, today I had a couple little stutters there. Man, that's just, that's the way it goes. And I really like to try to keep these podcasts as little editing as possible. Most of the time, it's just like one take. We're just going to get all the way through it. So I do apologize for some of those little stutters. But it is what it is. We're just talking. We're just communicating about the Word and letting the Holy Spirit get in our conversation. So may the Lord bless you. May He keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you and lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.